Good morning and welcome to the Monta Vista Church of Christ. My name is Tom Bourne and I'm one of the members here, blessed with this opportunity to present a lesson from God's Word. Visitors, we're happy to have you here today worshiping with us. Thank you for making the time to be here. Your attendance is an encouragement to all of us. Courage. Webster's Dictionary defines courage as mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. What does courage look like to you? Is it a firefighter rushing into a burning structure while the people inside are trying to push past to get out? Or is it a police officer, weapon drawn, responding to an active shooter or a hostile situation looking to protect the citizens around them. Those are extreme cases that jump out when I think about courage. But what about the day-to-day -day life that you and I lead? What sort of courage do we show daily? Is it just getting up out of bed, just leaving the house? Perhaps it is getting outside of your comfort zone to go meet visitors at church, or leading a prayer or doing a scripture reading. I think that it can be courage shown when sitting in a class and speaking up. Or it might be a choice to do what is right when I'm at work and I tell someone to please stop using foul language that offends me. Or it's the courage to walk away when someone is upsetting you. I would like to discuss with you today for a few minutes courage. How God expects and commands his people to have courage to look at some Bible examples of courage, and then to see how you and I, God's people, should live daily and show our courage. We'll be looking at quite a bit of scripture this morning. So many times it is easier to go along, to get along, rather than remove yourself from a situation when you are compromising your beliefs. We need to have courage to do what is right in the sight of the Lord whether it is asking someone to not use offensive language around you to withdrawing yourself from certain situations where it might be perceived incorrectly. We need to remember that courage is commanded and expected of God's people. In Psalm 27 and verse 14, it reads, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 20, we read about David encouraging his son Solomon to build the temple. It reads, And David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, we read about Paul encouraging the church in Corinth, giving them instruction. And it reads, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. And that scripture, brave, another word for brave would be courage. Philippians 1, 27 through 30, we read about Paul encouraging the Philippians to live a life that reflects the gospel of Christ, to strive to work together and be of one spirit and one mind. This is a lesson for us today, to stand together and not let divisions occur between us. 
In verse 28 it says, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Have courage that if we stand fast in the faith, then God's on our side and we can face anything put in front of us. It reads, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, we can read about Paul encouraging Timothy to have courage. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now we can also read of several Bible examples where courage was shown. In 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 50, a longer reading, but one we're all familiar with, David and Goliath. How a youth is able to defeat a man of war. How David, having the confidence of God on his side, showed courage and went to battle and defeated Goliath. It reads, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put on a bronze helmet on his head and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine, so that the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day 
I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine, put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Now this story makes me think about a saying, taking a knife to a gunfight. But then again, if God is on your side, you can accomplish anything. In Acts 3, in verse 12 through 26, we can read about Peter and John healing a lame man, that all the people knew from his birth and who was put daily at the gate. And Peter had the courage, responding to the Jews, to remind them that they were the ones that had rejected Jesus and calls on them to repent. It reads, So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as also did your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow as many as have spoken have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away your iniquities. In Mark 5, 25 through 34, we can read about a woman who has bled for 12 years. Can you imagine the suffering that this woman endured? For 12 years, she had bled and been considered unclean. She was an outcast to society. She's reached rock bottom, and she has seen doctors and healers with no luck in a cure. She has heard of Jesus, and her faith in him gives her the courage and belief that just touching his clothes will heal her. In verse 33, 
She gives herself up to confess to being the one who has touched his clothes. Then Jesus, showing love and compassion, commends her faith and bids her well. It reads, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now in Acts 20, 22 through 24, we can read where Paul has fully given his life to God. He is fully committed to preaching the word of God, not knowing what might happen to him, but letting the spirit guide him. When we fully commit our lives to God, then it will help us in difficult situations to do what is right. It reads, and see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor I dare, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish the race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now I'd like to share with you a simple daily situation I was in and how I failed to show courage to speak to someone, even just to meet them. Years ago, an old roommate of mine from college was working for the Phoenix Suns, and he had the opportunity to take a friend and travel with the team to an away game. He was calling me to see about flying on the team plane, traveling on the team bus, and staying at the team hotel in Sacramento. Of course, I was all in. Now the folks with the Suns made it clear to us to leave the players alone. So my friend and I traveled with the team. We reached the hotel and we picked up our room keys and got on the elevator. Now before the doors closed, one of the players got on, Rex Chapman. Now I grew up a University of Kentucky basketball fan and here was Mr. Basketball of Kentucky standing two feet from me. My buddy was looking at me and pointing at Rex because he knew. Now of course my mouth went dry and my voice left me and Rex got off the elevator, and I never did say anything to him. I lacked the courage just to speak up to say something to a sports hero of mine. And this is just a simple example of a lack of courage. How hard could it have been just to say a simple hello? Courage is something we need to think about and prepare to show when the opportunity presents itself. Today we can demonstrate courage and there's a few scriptures for that. In Matthew 6, verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We put God first no matter the situation. So many times something happens in my daily life, and I do not respond the way I should. 
I realized that I have let God down and that he was not first and that the way I responded did not reflect the qualities of him and me. I stop and ask forgiveness and vow to do what is right the next time that the opportunity presents itself. In Matthew 10, verse 22, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. The world does not understand us. They wonder what is the big deal about smoking or drinking, about using inappropriate language. We stand out when we refrain from falling into that social norm, when we carry ourselves above these things. We do not look for social acceptance, but think about being a light to those around us. Our focus should be on knowing God and working towards a home in heaven. In Acts 28, verse 15, it reads, And from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum and three ends. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. This is what fellowship in Christ is intended to do. We are a family. When one is struggling, we look to lift them up. We look for opportunities to encourage and fellowship with one another. We are supposed to encourage and support one another. As most of you know, my dad passed away recently on, October, on Friday, October 20th. We had a celebration of life for him. There were many that attended the celebration and many brothers and sisters from Monta Vista attended. Now some did not know my dad, but they were there to support Lisa and I and my family as we celebrated my dad. There was also some beautiful flowers sent from Monta Vista. Thank you. Now I would like to discuss with you the single most important show of courage that took place in my life. I have no doubt that had this not happened, I would not be standing in front of you today. For the young adults here, I want you to realize the impact that you have on those around you. That standing out is not bad, but can lead one to question their beliefs and lead them to God. For some of you, you've heard this story, as it was in a lesson I preached seven years ago, so please bear with me. I hope that it will show each of you the power that you have when you show courage and do what is right and put God first. 31 years ago, I was a 22-year-old college student who thought he had it all going for him. Going to school, living on my own, had a beautiful girlfriend. My girlfriend and I had been dating for a while and enjoyed each other's company immensely. That is why it came as such a shock to find ourselves one day sitting in Wheeler Park in downtown Flagstaff. It was not a shock to be with her in the park, but that we were both crying and discussing how we needed to break up. We had a problem. She was a member of the Church of Christ and I was not. In fact, other than once or twice attending with her, I did not go to church. It seems that my lifestyle was pulling her away from being a Christian. The things that I valued in my life other than her were things that were creating a stumbling block between us. Now I would like to say that after we had this discussion, I realized the error of my ways and corrected things in my life that needed to be corrected. But no, we left that day both incredibly sad and apart from one another. You see, she had realized that her life as a Christian was what needed to come first and that her actions needed to match her attitude. I left that day questioning what had just happened. How could we be apart when we enjoyed each other's company so much? Days led to weeks, weeks led to months. 
I want to say it was somewhere between six to nine months later, we ran into one another and started talking. And that talking led us to dating and getting back together. Her actions that day back in Wheeler Park had planted the seed that led me to question my beliefs and what was a priority in my life. It had taken some time, but I realized that I needed to develop a relationship with God. She and I started to study with the preacher, and on June 10, 1993, I was baptized. Her commitment to God and her courage to do what is right continues to amaze me to this day. Now, 29 years later, I continue to thank God every day for my wife and for her Christian example and the courage that she showed by standing up for her beliefs that day back in 1992, as well as every day thereafter. Now, if you are here today and have not yet confessed Jesus and been baptized, what is holding you back? As we read in Mark 16:16, 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. The water is ready. Come forward to repent of sins, confess Jesus' name, be baptized, and commit to a living a life dedicated to following God's word, putting God first in everything you do. Or perhaps you've been baptized but have been struggling. Perhaps you have lacked the courage to do what is right in situations in your life and you need to come forward to repent and ask the prayers of the saints here at Monta Vista. Whatever the need, please come forward as together we stand and sing.